Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life? Are you ready to get this party started? This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident. And a six times gold medalist in the Transplant Games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster. This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. Public speaking is the number one fear in the world. I started a business during the recession in 2009 here in the U.S. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. I mentor people with master's degrees, with PhDs, and I help people who have been in business for a long time. I had deal with, with the nutrition store maybe a half mile away from my facility, and we, we cross-promote. You know, we help out to give our clients what they need. That's where, where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point, Wednesday, it's hump day, episode 37 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So today, we are going to be discussing getting in touch with your authentic self and how your world will change once you do that. Now, it sounds like it's a simple process, but it's not. It's a very, very tough process. But the way my guest and I are going to break it down for you, it'll seem it'll seem like it's easy, but we're both going to share our experiences of what it took for us to do it in our own lives so we can help you do it in yours. Because when I tell you, the way you view everything is going to change once you're allowed to be who you were meant to be. So I have found the perfect... Actually, she found me. <laughs> so because I was actually a guest on her show last week. So she came across me at first. But then I found her. This is going to be goofy, goofy, goofy. And you've probably heard this a thousand times in your life, but I have to do this. Because her name is Roxanne. Roxanne! (laughs) I couldn't help it. I had to do it. (laughs) I've been chuckling about that all morning. All right. So who is Roxanne? She is a keynote speaker, an author. She's a podcast host and an overall lady badass whose goal is to inspire others to get connected to their true, authentic self. So let's bring her in. I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name, so let's just bring her in. And here's Roxanne. Welcome. Thank you. Well, I, I, I can say that's the first introduction I've ever had with the with the song in my name. Everybody sings it to me all the time. But <laughs> the first. Thank you. <laughs> just just before we aired, I went upstairs to, a, to my daughter singing that song, and she looked at me like, what is your problem? Like, like that's the name of my guest. Like, I'm just having some fun with it. <laughs> fun is good. Fun is good, especially now. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. So let's discuss. So before, so before you got in touch with your authentic self, what were you doing? Like, what was your career choice? What, what yeah. were you feeling at the time? 
You know, Robert, I, I decided really, really young, and I think, um, you know, sometimes I talk about this on stages. I talk about feeling disconnected from myself quite young when I was about 11 or so. I realized, like, wow, there's my world. I had a, a something in, within me, but my surroundings, I had a great upbringing, but my parents had a horrible marriage. And I, I really think, kept thinking, well, why is it that they aren't in tune with what I need because they were too absorbed with what they were going through. So I think mm -hmm. quite young, I realized that. And I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. And back then in that time, um, you know, it's, it's a lot better now. We weren't talking about feelings. We weren't talking about what are our emotional needs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. at that point, I thought, you know, I wonder if I, you know, I need it. I wonder how many other people need it. And I think with amongst my friends in my little uh, all-go private school, we used to talk about a lot of things like that. And that's when I realized, you know, there's so there's something bigger than us and sometimes the people around us are unfortunately not equipped um to help us um you know grow that light or to keep that light so it doesn't get bruised or, or pricked even though it will through life and that's mm -hmm. when i started to think i wanted to help others at 11 right and uh, start to go to school did the the, the professional thing in psychotherapy and started into the field around the age of 21. Um, so I was fortunate that I had that guidance within myself early to start working in the field. Okay. All right. So we unpacked a whole bunch there. Yeah. All right. So let's take it back to, you said your parents had a horrible marriage. How, how so? Well, there was, uh, I saw a bit of violence, unfortunately. And, mm. uh, sometimes in the Caribbean culture, not like other cultures, there was infidelity. So there was a known sense that I wasn't safe. You know, I had, I grew up in a family of six, so lots of children, parents loved us and I loved each other, but they didn't have the skills necessary, you know, to maneuver life, take care of six kids. My mom had had all six of us by the time she was 26, you right. know, so my dad was obviously taking care of seven people, lots in a short period of time. Um, and I think that's where I started to realize like, wow, there's a lot of people that are trying to live lives as best as possible. And I think they did the best they could with the limited abilities that they had um, to grow us up. But they, at that point, they didn't have the capacity to take care of themselves, but also to think of what the needs were of each and every one of her, their children. And that's when I started to realize, oh, goodness, I'm, I'm kind of being left behind in that nobody was kind of listening to me in a way that I needed um, to be listened to. And what happened is about uh, six years ago, I, you know, I've been, you know, was married quite young, age 22, I got married, you know, did the professional bits, had the career, did all that fantastic thing. So if you were to look at me, Robert, you'd probably think, oh, yeah, well, this, this uh, at that time, younger woman didn't have any issues. Uh, but what was I was hiding and, you know, deep down inside was that I met someone quite young, but we had changed so much that, in fact, I was hiding from an authentic part of myself emotionally. And after 25 years of marriage, I, I walked away. And that's when I slowed down long enough, even though I'd been successful in all the other areas of my life. And I, I wrote a book on how I walked away from myself and I took my own life and I basically analyzed my life. It's called a therapist insider's guide on relationships. Um, and I start to say, you know what, if I can go through this with as successful and as educated as I've been in the field uh, of psychotherapy, who else might be struggling with this? And people are so petrified oftentimes to go forward and get help that I wanted people to be able to take this book on a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon, read it and not be intimidated by thinking, you know, something must be really wrong with me if I need to get guidance from a psychotherapist. And hence, that's where my authentic self that was always really there, but kind of dimmed in the one area of my life, I started to say, no, it's time to, 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 to look at what I need to do to make a big shift in my life. And that's what I did, um, you know, 10 years ago. Nice. Yeah, let's dive. Let's dive deeper into that because I think for the connection part, because you know most people don't connect with the end result. They they connect with the journey. You know mm -hmm. they connect with the journey. So so let's let's take it back. So, so let's just take it back and because there are a lot lot of people who are in unfulfilling unfulfilling relationships, and so that's why I keep going back to that. So for you, where where do you lie in age with the rest of your siblings? Okay, so I'm the fourth child. The fourth um, child, okay. Yeah, so I was white. I wasn't the first. I wasn't the last, and I, you know, kind of share in the middle with my brother. So I was kind of. I would say I would get, you know, lost in the shuffle. So I had to really, really work really hard 
um, to kind of, you know, stand out. And I did that academically quite young. I toured Canada when I was 13. I did the traditional thing where I did a cultural exchange with Canada, with my high school. Uh, I played the steel pan, um, sang and, and that kind of stuff. So I really, really worked hard to stand out to find my uniqueness within my family so I could, could get the attention. Um, something that I think, like if we were to look at the process um, and what was, what was quote unquote, what was I looking for? I mean, to put it bluntly, I was looking for that emotional connection from the two primary parents and people in my life um, that I know loved me, but didn't have the, um, you know, the skills, like I said earlier, to give, to meet my emotional needs in a way that would have allowed me to learn some of the lessons that I learned at 44. Um, so I picked a partner. So what did I pick? He was cute. He was smart. He was going to university. Okay. And he likes to have fun and he doesn't raise his voice. Okay. You're in. And that's kind of what happens, right? You kind of, how are you making those choices? You know, I'm, I'm here. I am. I met him at 18, um, got married at 21 and divorced at 44. But to me, I had all the, I had all the knowledge, right? Like, I mean, I, I thought I knew what I was looking for, but did I look at this choice from a developmental space? I absolutely made this decision. Don't get me wrong. I, it was a successful for the time it lasted. We had a lot of fun. We did a lot of things. But when I was looking for long-term goals, like, you know, settling down and planning for the future, when we, when we had our son, kind of the things of how uh, time should be spent, what I realized at that point, which was like, holy, uh, we're kind of going in the wrong ways here. And I'm trying to pull you back and you're trying to pull me back. And the values were out of alignment at such a, a high level that eventually you fall away from each other. Um, and I started to realize that I had reenacted and reenactment is a clinical term, Robert. I don't know if you've ever heard it yeah. uh, where you redo something because it's familiar, but not because it's good for you. And I had been completely in that dance um, because I had picked polar opposite, supposedly, right? Uh, but really, had I, had I truly picked opposite or I had picked something that was packaged differently, but inherently what stood below was that the elements that I uh, was looking to get, in, get away from, I had actually pulled into my life and recognized it when I got a little bit older. Okay. Wow. All right. So, like I said, so as you're talking, I'm jotting down notes as I do with each of my shows. So, going back to your childhood, so you you felt you were hiding your feelings, you felt left behind, you felt unheard, and you were seeking an emotional connection. So, do you think those feelings kind of played a role into you picking someone that may not have been your ideal or what you thought was your ideal? Well, at 18, I thought he was ideal because I thought, okay, my dad screamed. My dad was unavailable. He was yeah. unfaithful. And, you know, to a, you know, an 11 to an 18 year old, you weren't so much fun because what, what did I associate my father with, with those things? So I thought, okay, I'm just going to find the polar opposite, which is I light fun you're not, you know, you don't raise your voice and you sure as hell, you're not going to ever raise your hand to me. And that's unfortunately the, the kind of the foresight that I did as a child that had been through trauma, to put it bluntly, right? I, I made a skewed decision. And what I realized was, you know, when I was writing my book and the book came right out of me, like it was like, it was like a download, like I call it a spiritual download because I did it within four months of separation and all of that stuff and losing my corporate job all at once. Um, what I realized was I was picking what I thought was uh, different, but in fact, I had walked away from some basic core values that were really, really good within my family. So uh, family was very key, even though it was dysfunctional connection, um, you know, uh, the ability to um, have sm small connections within my the village that I grew up in and um, giving back and um, authenticity was something that I learned really, really young in my culture. So of course my background is uh, Middle, Middle Eastern and mostly um, South Asian Indian. And within, if you look at the history um, of how my ancestors went to Trinidad, 
was that they were indentured laborers, not unlike um, what the, the circumstances of slavery, but to some degree they got land or they got, should I say, they got promised land by the British. Uh, you know, circumstances were detrimental. So hardworking people, um, you know, came under sometimes false pretenses. So all they had was connection and culture. So I learned some of those basic things. And when I picked my partner, that was a one, four, one, one, blind side that I realized like holy geez I didn't really realize that even though within dysfunction there are amazing things that you glean that you you probably take with you but again not having the guidance um, or the ability or opportunity to have that conversation with uh, others in my family or um, even my grandparents because at that point they had been passed on I didn't have I didn't know I didn't have a coach I didn't have a counselor <laughs> if there was counseling I don't know what it was by school but it sure wasn't counseling um, so I think I didn't learn those lessons and I couldn't have those conversations because I thought you know which 18 year old does not know how the world works and they don't need guidance all 18 year olds are like that yeah. Um, yeah. so I think I realized that you know mentors and guide, guides in whatever way you want to call it, so whether, you know, you listen to like really good podcasts like my, yours or my own, or you talk to an elderly person or a good friend, sometimes you can get that information. But I, in my case, I didn't get the guidance at, at 18 and I got married really, really young. Okay. So when did, the, when did the, the switch flip for you? So like, when did you realize, you know what, yeah. I, I I want more. Like this isn't it. Like I wasn't meant to do this. So when was that? Was that moment? Well, you know what? I wanted to start a family, and that's when I realized I went like it. It was like that. You know what you call it? A come to Jesus moment, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. You know, I've been so busy, and I. You know what? I one of my inoculative factors is what I was. I achieved very, very high, very young. So that was my way of making myself. I felt self esteem. I had good friends all that stuff. And I was involved in a lot of things and um, academically. So I, I kind of created that path. But when I got to the point where I was like, oh, you know, there's more to life than, and I was, you know, um, you know, I'd waited to have children as well um, for different reasons. Then I, and then my, there was the alignment around family. That's when I went, okay, this life is just not, I don't think I was like meant to be here and not have that connection that I see around me all the time with my nieces, nephews, all my friends that were again ahead of me a bit because they were all having children and well ahead of me. And that's when I went, okay, something's got to change. And um, that's when I said, okay, time to wake up Roxanne. Like, okay, this is all well and good. But when you look at your life, what's, what's meaningful and purposeful and the things before were very, very important, but now I wanted more. And that's when I started to kind of, listen a little bit more to what wasn't happening in my life and kind of what I needed to happen. And then I had my son um, not too long after that. And then it went self rather quickly, uh, two, two years after he was uh, born. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And so what, what were you doing career wise at that point? I was an executive um, at, at health and wellness. One of the biggest health and wellness firms in North America. And I'd been um, from age 30 to at the time of separation, 44, I was, uh, I was in that role. So I had lots of big things going on in my life at that point. You know, I felt, you know, really on top of the world career wise, things were where I wanted it to be, those types of things. Um, you know, but again, going back to the whole concept and things at home were starting to fall apart. But guess what I did? I just compensated. I just kind of took a couple of buckets from the good part and I put it in the bad part and I kept, you know, quote unquote, that equilibrium going, you know, for a while. And then it fell down again. What do I, what did I do? Cause I'm pretty strong. And I'm, I kept, just kept going and putting those blinders on. But then at some point the blinders lifted, it lifted several times. The universe kept saying, you need to listen tap, 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 you need to listen. And I went, oh, no, no, I got to figure, I got this figured out because I was so accustomed to relying on myself. And then I realized at some point there was a, a very, um, this was a pretty impactful, I write about it in the book. So I was uh, in a, on a consulting job that day. I was meeting with a huge company um, and beautiful day here in Canada in 2009. And I had my silk suit on, my Dior glasses, like life was good. Didn't even have a purse because it was so nice. 
And I'm walking by this young man, no word of a lie, Robert. And I think he's mumbling. I don't even know what he's doing. And he's got a hoodie on, right? And I'm doing my thing because I finally had a good meeting with this client who was a difficult client at best. I'm thinking, I feel good about my world. And as I'm walking past this man, I hear mumbling and I I hear, I feel and hear thump at the same time. I am physically knocked out by this young man. Wow. I have no idea who he is, okay? People said, like, is he a lover? Is he a, is he a club? No, no, no. I have no idea. I am knocked out. I'm five foot one of, you know, about 120 pounds. This guy was like six foot three, probably well over 250 pounds. I went, apparently I was knocked out immediately. Wow. And I just kept, you know, freaking out and jumping in thinking, okay, they must, she must know this young man. And, um, I'm laying on my back and I don't know how people, how much people believe about this. And I'm laying on my back and this, this man comes over to me. Somebody takes off his jacket. He puts it on my head and he looks and he's got this pool blue kind of eyes. I, I, oh, that's all I can remember. And he says to me, you know, everything's going to be all right. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Can I use your phone? And I called, mm -hmm. I called, um, you know, to make sure I could connect with my ex-husband at that time to make sure that they knew I was okay. Since that day, if I wasn't listening to that authentic self, guess what happened? My life since that day, Robert, for whatever bigger things than us, has not stopped changing and for the better ever since. So I think some, the universe always gives us those messages, right? It's like, how do you listen to them? What do you do about them? How do you decompensate them and push them away? Do, where do you tuck them? But they keep coming back, right? It could be in a form of a voice. It could be a word. It could you be listening to you and I having this conversation. You're like, darn it all. I've heard that again. What is it that keeps coming at you? And how is it that you quiet your mind long enough so you don't get knocked over like I was, unfortunately. It doesn't take that to be able to listen to your off path. You're off path because we all have that right path within us. We're born with it. We get we get shoved off like I did. Um, and But when, when that niggling voice comes up, it's telling you something. And that's where, whether it's, whether it's prayer, whether it's walking, whether it's exercise, whether it's meditation, all those things, you have to slow your mind, especially in the world that we're in today. Yeah, because what we also have to realize is that, could, can you turn your volume down a little bit? Sure, I, I can sure try. Hold on right. one sec. Yeah, because it's echoing when I talk. Is it? Okay, so sorry about that. That's okay. All right, is that better? Is that a little bit better for you? Yeah, like I can still hear, but it's not as bad. It's not as bad. Okay, sorry. That's right. yeah. no, no, okay. Um. What I was going to say is what people have to realize, too, is that the, uni the universe works both ways. So if you're someone that constantly says bad things happen to me, you know, woe is me. It can never happen. You know, there's a dark cloud over me. That, that stuff's going to happen. <laughs> like you, You're going to bring that right to you. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, whatever you look for is what you find. That's yeah. just how it is. It's kind of like when you buy a car. All of a sudden, you see that car everywhere now, and you've never noticed it before. So, what, so whatever you look for, you're going to find it. So if you want to make changes within your life, you have to start looking down, like you said, the right path that you want to go on. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have all the money saved. You don't have to have the business plan written. You just have to know what you want to do, and then doors are going to start to open. As long as you're not consumed by the negatives, then you'll be able to see the doors when they open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 you know, sometimes the doors may be small. Like it's it may be it may not be that there's something huge that you need to change in your life. But I often say that how often do you slow? And I think that's something that most of us, you know, you get up and you know, you kind of think with people's routines, they get up, they they hit the you know the ground running. You know, they got kids to take care of, there's stuff to run, especially now, you know, with everybody being inside, how do you take a little bit of time in some way to really listen to how are things? If things are good, fantastic. How are you aligning that? How are you experiencing your body? How do you know when you're in alignment with your body? Right. How do you know when you're in alignment with your thoughts and how, how do you know, how do you experience your body when you're feeling good? Um, and if you don't learn how to listen to when, things are good, 
when you deviate off it, how do you know you're kind of veering off course? There, and there's lots of different ways that you can do that on an ongoing basis. Yes. So when did you make the jump from executive to entrepreneur? Well, um, in 2010, uh, uh, March, that's when I, I got a severance package. And then I left my ex in July. So I decided, and then soon after that, I realized, I said, you know, I started to do a bit of business coaching and stuff like that. Like, kind of like, I don't know if I want to go back into the corporate kind of rat race. And, you know, that was, you know, lots and lots of hours with a younger son. Um, and at which point I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to start. And then I, the, the kind of the concept of the book came about just from some conversations. And that's when I pivoted out of corporate. I taught, I, you know, I did some consulting and teaching and all those things kind of as a bridge. And then eventually started to speak more on the concept of being authentic and being authentic within your relationships. And, you know, I talked, the book is looks at your friendships, your, your, your relationship for your yourself your work relationships so i guess what everybody ends up wanting to talk about is basically my my story which is was the romantic relationships and that everybody wants to talk about that right we all the world wants to understand how do we keep connected in our most intimate relationships but i, I also now speak about uh, leadership and authenticity in leadership and teams um, and my next book is due in April or May, and that's where that new book will be focused on heart-based leadership, leading from the heart and connecting to your teams. So it's, you won't have to look at the bottom line. The relationships will take care of the rest. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. So, in your, so in your travels, as you're working with clients, what are they saying is their number one roadblock to getting in touch with their true self? Well, depending on, uh, uh, oftentimes I think it's people's life has a, you know, you kind of get, you know, you, you're born into a certain family, you have a certain amount of messages, you have kind of a guidepost, like, you, you know, you go to college or university, you do that thing, then you, you buy, you might find the spouse or the, you know, and then you buy the house and then you have the 2.3 children. And it's when people kind of start to reflect, they're doing those things, but they get off court and they know they're not happy. That's when people start to wonder at, you know, kind of what, what's wrong with me that I'm not feeling connected. And sometimes it may be a choice that they've made. So, and then that's when they start to reflect in, is it that I'm living someone else's life? Am I living the, this life because it's prescribed or is it really the life that I want? And I think, you know, sometimes that may not happen a little bit earlier, like in your twenties or even in your thirties. But I think oftentimes when you're kind of getting into later thirties, early forties, that's when people start to really be more reflective and start to think about what's my legacy. Like, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question, but what is your legacy? When, what will be your imprint that you will be leaving behind? And I think that's when people start to really reflect at home. What kind of legacy do you want to create with your family and, and all the people are really super important to you? But also in, in your career or your, your passion, what is the imprint that you're going to leave behind so that when you're no longer there, what will be said about you? And I think that's when people start to really reflect or in companies I get called in because teams aren't getting in. They're not getting along. They're not producing. Um, CEOs are finding that there's a lack of trust, those types of things for lots of different reasons. And it's really about how are you, how are, how is your role out of alignment with the role you're playing? And how do you, what kind of things do you need to do to get more connected to yourself as a leader so that you can listen to really what's important to people around you? Because if you're disconnected and you're on your own agenda, then you know that disconnect creates a lack of trust. When there's a lack of trust, guess what happens? People just kind of go, I'm going to get through my day. I'm going to do the least amount possible. I'm going to give you 65% productivity and I'm good to go. And I'm going to collect my paycheck and go home. And the opposite of that is necessary, even in this time, as we can see that now what more than ever, in, in, you know, in, if one thing has come out of COVID is that we want authentic, real things we no longer want the fluff we don't want no longer want to deal with the companies that are going to give us you know um, supposedly the bells and whistles without the value systems behind it we are digging a lot deeper i think as a as a global community to to want connection and we we are spending our money or spending our time uh, with things that are in alignment with what we value yes, yes. Spot on. Spot on. So what I would add, what I would add on to that is that so many times people have 
they have a, I don't want to say a plan, but they have an idea of what they want. And then they get shoved into a box. Mm-hmm. And then they spend, as you even said, you know, from wh- whatever age when he got married through 44, you were trying to find ways to climb out of that box. Like once you realize that I, I, this is not where I belong. No, and we've we've all had it. I've been there. I've been there myself, working in the corporate world, and you know, being told what your worth is, being told when you can come in, being told when you can leave, being told when you can take vacation. You know, and having to work all the holidays and the weekends and the nights. Like I've done all that, and just just realized, you know, having kids, it's like, what am I? What am I leaving that they can pick up and follow? Mm-hmm. And like that's just when it hit me. It's like I'm not leaving them. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know anything and and again i'm not knocking people who work in the corporate world some people that's what you're born to do you know so so I, the way i i said it on my last my last show i said there's leaders there's there's workers well i say leaders doers thinkers feelers so there's those there's those four and there's other ways to dice it up but it basically comes down to those four four groups the leaders and the doers make up 80% and the thinkers and the feelers make up 10%. But what you and I do is there are leaders who are trapped in with the doers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like with my program, I'm trying to pull the leaders out of that group so they can step into where they belong. Because somewhere along the way, they got shoved into a box. And now they kind of just feel stuck or like literally trapped. And so that's where people like us come along and say, hey, listen. You got power inside of you. You have gifts inside of you. You have a purpose inside of you. And there's people out there that need to hear what you have to say. Yes. And we help them unpackage that. Absolutely. And, you know, you were talking about process versus outcome. And I I, I can tell, you know, when, when I think back to when I made the changes and everybody said, look, you had a graduate degree, you had 25 years of experience. I said, I had an eight-year-old son. I had no job. Um, and I thought, I can't stay in this marriage anymore. And that was it. And somebody said to me, I've had multiple friends said, shouldn't you have thought that through? I said, when your soul says you're out, you're out. And I did not know the next step other than, okay, I know I can't do this anymore because my, my soul is saying there's an out now and you're taking it now and all I did you know was I followed one little pebble in the road after another like you're saying I where did where was the money going to come from I don't know I I I know I have to pay my bills somehow I just got up every day I tried a bit every day and I talked to people and then I you know did one thing after another so I think what I would like to people to hear is yes it's yes you can worry so far ahead that you put yourself in a uh, anxiety kind of stricken state that makes you um, stay frozen. Or you can say, okay, I have breath, I have sight, I have the capacity to get up, I have the capacity to make a meal for my children. And you go one day at a time, a bit at a time, and you take care of your thoughts, your feelings, and your body. If you do a bit of that every single day, what happens is you get physically stronger. Emotionally, you can knock those bad thoughts out, you know, in left field, not to come back. Maybe it'll come back tomorrow, but not that day. And you can keep aligned with your feelings. And our feelings, our body stores all feelings, right? And if you don't have your body in line, your emotions take over, right? And what, what do we run our lives on? Our thoughts all the time. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. And most of about 50% of that 60,000 is negative. So guess what? Every, t- every time you buy into a thought, more than likely it's going to be 50% negative. So if you don't somehow get on the train to say, oh, just a thought, I'm going to put you over there. You're a crowd. I'm going to look at you and say, oh, wow, I feel shitty today. And you just look at it and it flows past you. After a while you go, oh, I know what you're trying to do to me. But if you are, are so consumed in it, it becomes harder to get yourself out of it. So practice is important in whatever little ways. You know, we talk, I'm sure you've talked a lot on the show about rituals. And in, and in your work, rituals are key, right? But again, if you don't know, worst case scenario, just keep one little Promise to yourself, I'm going to get up at 7.30 tomorrow morning. Try to keep it for five days. That's all you do. Try to keep it. Because every time you break an agreement with yourself, what thought comes to you? Oh, here we go again. I can't do anything right. Blah, 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 blah. So it's sometimes a small things. It's not a big epiphany. It's little things often. 
Yes, I yeah, say the same, almost the same exact thing. I tell people you you have to crush each day. You got to crush each day. There's, again, too many times we're focused on what's coming down the line. It's like just worry about today, right now. This moment is all you have. That's it. So you have to crush today. Now, then, if you're blessed to wake up tomorrow, then you crush tomorrow. Right? You're blessed to wake up the next day, you crush that day. Then you once you string up several weeks of day crushing together, it's like wow. I'm in a whole, whole completely different different space now. And so th thinking back to, to COVID, you know, when COVID closed down my gym and I pivoted into do it, to doing this, and doors are just opening left and right. Yes. That's right. I'm, I'm going to be on a show tomorrow that has, that has um, a viewer base of a million people. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And I just started this a couple of days ago, and and I was I was in a networking group. I met someone. We linked up on a Zoom call. She mentioned someone's name I hadn't heard of, so I Googled him, found him, messaged him, got on his show, and then he referred me to the woman whose show I'm going to be on tomorrow. <laughs> so it's like it's like just the doors keep opening and keep opening. Follow and then, the pebbles in the road, and yes. least, you know, like just recently, I got accepted on the Forbes Business Council, right? Awesome. So, and, and at first I was like, oh my dear, I, I applied and I got in. And then you realize, you know, how long have I been working towards things like this, right? We're talking not that long ago, I launched my book six years ago mm. and separated 10 years ago with no job, right? So it doesn't take that long. And it, yes, you work hard at it and then the opportunities come. Like you said, hey, I kind of think this Robert Foster guys might maybe somebody, I should reach out to him. Before you know it, you're talking to, you know, somebody's talking to you, somebody else is talking to you. Oh, I heard about this Roxanne girl. Oh, she was just, and before you know it, it you're right. That synergy gets created versus if you didn't get up at 7.30, like you told yourself you were gonna, and you were saying all those bad things, then you lose another week. And then yep. you have to do that all over again. So it takes little, little things. And I often say to people, you know, when I wrote my first book, where did it come from? I don't know. It was in my head. We all have stuff in our head. But this concept of getting it out of your head onto a piece of paper is a big goal. But guess what? If you write 15 to 20 minutes a day about something, I don't care what it is, guess what? You're building a concept, whether it's just to be better to yourself mentally, but whether it's to be into a book, whether it's to be on a blog, put out in a blog post, whether it's to share with your children at some point, because it's a, it's a journal. There's so many ways you have to look at things. And the end point to your point, which is where we started earlier, what is the process? Like, what are the small steps that you do daily? And some days you're going to go, oh, God, I'm going to try again tomorrow. But it's okay so long as you keep doing it a bit at a time. And, you know, when I get up every morning, if I, I first thing I do is I say out loud 10 things that I'm grateful for. First thing, I all say thank you, Lord, or whoever, you know, uh, thank you for what I, the fact that I had a great sleep and I'm in this warm, cozy bed. I'm going to get up. I'm going to have little, little things. It does not have to be that. Uh, or exercise first thing in the morning, which I know you would be right on, or to meditate or to journal or to do something before the world you give the world your time. You need to give that time first to yourself to set the pace and the context for what you're going to kind of, what kind of day am I going to have today? Is it going to be somebody else's day or is it going to be the day with those steps that I want? And every, the days that I don't take those small steps, I'm, I'm running from thing to thing. And then when I, same day, when I take that 15, 20, half an hour to myself, and I'm like, I'm in flow today. It's and it's the same kind of stuff. So it's it's again that timing, that space that you create within yourself to go deeper. Yes. Yes, because that networking event that I went to, it was either like seven or eight p.m. And typically, you know, like my days start in the four o'clock hour. So usually by then. You know, my I'm like brings mush from talking and training and doing everything all day, and I almost didn't show up to it. Right. And, and like, imagine if if I didn't, like that whole string of events I just spoke about, that string of connections would have never been jump started. You know. So Absolutely. I, I remember sitting in my room, my eyes were getting heavy, and it's like <laughs> I don't know if I want to, but it's like, but I said I'd be there, so let me honor, let me honor what I said. And 
like I said, it, it was just insane, the uh, connections that have come from that, because I connected with someone else as well. Yeah. And so, like, just between those those two connections, it's just led to a string of other connections. And we all have new stories. I remember three years ago, I so spoke. Uh, Les Brown had an event, so I was invited to speak at his event. Nice. And it was it was December, and I was like, you know, I had so much going on, and it was like it was a it was an amazing opportunity. But I was here, I am, getting everything ready to go to uh, New York, and uh, and you know, assistance and everything to get to New York, and and I was I remember sitting here at home, and I was you know stressed to the picket, and I said, you know, I could just kind of stay in my little cul de sac, and mm -hmm. get through Christmas, and it's funny how you go through that. And when I went there, it opened opportunities that were unspeakable that it took a lot to get there. It took a lot to get on stage and, and do that whole thing. But you're right. It's that, you know, when you promise something to yourself and you get that opportunity, it's about falling through, even when you don't feel like it. And I don't know about you, but I don't, some, a lot of days I don't feel like working out. And I think, okay, 10 minutes, that's all I got to do is 10 minutes. There's mm -hmm. kettlebell sitting right there in the living room, the yoga mats right there, 10 minutes. And then you, you do it. You get a little bit endorphins flowing, and then before you know it, you feel better, right? So true. Earlier today, because I have this show, I have a, a, another show at twelve forty-five. I have a training call, and then I'm on another show later later tonight at seven. So wow. I knew I was going to be doing a lot of sitting. So I had to watch a training video earlier, and so I I wheeled a spin bike into the office, and I watched the video while I was on the spin bike. <laughs> it was like you got to figure out ways to make it happen, but it's so much easier to make excuses. But whatever pe people say that, you know, well, isn't being an entrepreneur hard? I'm like, yeah, but isn't working in a job you're not fulfilled in hard? Yes. <laughs> so it's like, you, you can put 40 to 60 hours a week into something you can't stand. Imagine if you put that hour, those amount of hours into something that fuels your soul, that helps other people. Yes. So I'm like that, that, that's the part that people don't get. Yeah. And so, and, and like I said, I've been there. So I've been in unfulfilling situations, unfulfilling relationships, and I'm making bad choices, bad decisions. And like, it, it's such a snowball effect. But that now when you step into something that actually fuels your passion, you know, you just start seeing the world differently. You start making better, better decisions. You start connecting with people better and deeper. And it's like, wow, it's like I should have did this 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. You kind of think, why didn't I do this before? You know, I wish I'd done this like 20, 30 years ago. But of course, exactly. if you learn, I often say that every situation is that you've been in has been, been preparing you for what exists today. And you will continue. I always say until we have breath. Um, no longer we are going to, going to learn for the rest of our lives and, and those skills never underestimate where your uh, teachers are and sometimes I often say that my the little littlest people in my life are sometimes my biggest teachers so um, don't negate what you what kind of messages you're getting all around you often so yes I, I agree with that a hundred percent because so many times people are so so quick to label someone a know-it-all yeah you know like instead of labeling someone like is there is there value in what they're saying? You know, and, and again, I've been there. I mean, I'm 46 now, you know, so maybe in my mid-20s, I was a little snarky, you know, like you know, maybe I would have that kind of mentality if someone's trying trying to school me on something. But you know, as we we get older, we start thinking thinking differently, we reflect differently. And so so now it's like, all right, is there is there value there? You know, right. so rather than saying, Oh, oh, who's who's this person trying to talk to me about whatever? Because like when you actually slow down and listen, you're like, you know what, I can I can implement that, or I can utilize that, or 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 I know someone who can who that information can be useful to. You know, going back to that whole connection piece, and once we take our selfish ego out of it and realize that we can gather as much information as possible and help other people with it, that's when things start to change. I know, being of service, you know, uh, I, like I say. Um, I've been privileged to be helping people since I was 21. And, you know, I think about it sometimes it's so simple, right? Um, that what people may need from us and, uh, it, you know, it's as simple as a, sometimes a phone call or a smile or reframing something that someone's done. Even, you know, even if somebody is not exactly like your personality, really understanding their frame of reference and trying to offer, um, whether it's support, whether it's guidance or whatever, but to recognize that not everybody's going to be like us. And because sometimes that's what happens, right? People say, well, just be like me. I did blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Great way to unplug people and to really create the space and then um, ask people, what is it that I could do? 
that would be helpful, you know, and it's amazing. Sometimes people will say, you know, in my world, in my circles, it's like, you know, nobody thinks of me as a psychotherapist. I'm just Roxanne, the friend. <laughs> and then <laughs> when they want me to kick into psychotherapy mode. I go, ah, not, no, not playing that game um, because I'm friend, right? Like, so I think knowing what role you're playing with people, um, obviously in our roles as, as coaches and speakers and stuff, that's different. We're being, we're being uh, paid for those roles, but sometimes in our lives, we, we have such vital roles um, where sometimes we're the coach, sometimes we're the listener, sometimes we're the emotional uh, comfort person, sometimes we're the direct person, sometimes we're the person that makes the person laugh. Kind of think about what is needed and what role, um, what is someone yearning for from you? And you never know, you know, um, how you might be helping out people just in that space of authenticity. Like, what is it? What what can I do in my own space? How can I reach out and, and impact somebody today? And that's kind of how I think in my personal life. As you know, I try to live the same way to think. You know, so and so just lost someone. I'm going to make sure that I text them today and say, Hey, I heard. I'm here. Whatever you need. You know, and sometimes those little little things that matter. Yes, yes. agree. And you're going to find the one. The, the one or the, the circle of people that fits your personality. So like with my style, my style, I'm very direct. <laughs> I'm very direct. I'm very brash. And like I tell people, if you ask the question, brace for the answer. You know, cause it's like, it's like, oh, here's, here's your problem. Here's the solution. You pay me for that bridge. Right. You know? And so it's just, it's just how I'm wired. It's how I was raised. You know, my, my dad was a Marine. Like he was, Helping nails. We didn't. We didn't mess with him, and I was captain of my sports teams. So I started managing restaurants at 15 years old. So I've just I've always been in a leadership position. So yeah. like now that's just how I am. Probably why I'm single now. But <laughs> you know. But it's like. But that's just that's just how I am. Like if you come to me with a problem, we're gonna fix it. Like we're, we're gonna sift through all the nonsense you're telling yourself, and we're gonna get you across that bridge. But but that doesn't work for everyone. So that's why I bring on guests like you and everyone else I have on the show. So pe so people know mine isn't the only way. If, if you look like, oh, my God, I, I couldn't de deal with him, then yeah. maybe you would re resonate with people in my circle that would benefit more from your style and so on and so, so forth. Like I could go on, you know, like I was on your, your show. There might, might be someone in your audience that like, you know what, I need I need that level of accountability. It, it, you know, like you just never know what what people are looking for. Absolutely, and uh, obviously, you know, it's it's there's a fit out there for everyone. I often say, right? Like I may come across as warm and kind, but when I'm with the clients that are needing it, where I need to kind of kick ass and take names, I do do it, but in a different way. Personalities, yours and my personality, very different, Robert. But I always say to people, there's a right fit for everybody out there, and I can tell you for everything I've ever achieved in my life. Um, starting from very, very young, I always had someone that guided me. And whether you call it a coach or a mentor or, or, or a, a counselor or whatever, if I didn't know people that uh, could get, if I didn't know people around me that could get me there, I got the right help. And that's how I made some of the big leaps in my life. I just constantly said, okay, well, he's doing it or she's doing it. And I want to be kind of doing what they're doing in a couple of years from now. And that's what I did. And when I, you know, like when I got three years ago, when I was able to speak with on Les Brown stage, I was not at that level. And then I, I pushed myself and I got there. And then since then, uh, you know, like I've been speaking internationally. So, and then writing books and then you're like, you know, then you're around people. It's like, how many books have you written? I'm like, oh, I've written one. Because now you're around people that have written 10 and you're like, yeah. wow. And then now you're like, oh, of course. Because again, every time you push yourself a little bit more, you get into this new pool of people and you go, wow, how did I get here? I'm not really sure how I got here, but I'm here now. And then you get overwhelmed and then you push yourself a little bit more um, by the steps and then you achieve something else and you achieve something else. So. Yep, and, and I, I go back to what we said earlier about crushing each day. Yes, that's Crush each day. Be present. Be mindful of when opportunities arise, and then you have to have the courage to seize the opportunity. Because so many people buckle to fear, and a lot of that fear comes from the money. It's like I've invested more last year in masterminds with my gym closed yeah. than I have in years prior. Because I figure I'm here. Let, let me get sound in Facebook ads. Let me get sound in 
attracting media and getting on getting on t- television, starting the podcast. Like yes. you know, yeah. it, it's like there's so much information out there, and everybody has one of these, and we use it for entertainment. We use it for entertainment all day long and mindlessly scrolling news feeds on so- social media. And then that same person will be complaining that their, you know, their jobs cutting their hours and they don't, they're not making enough money. And, but it's like, you, you could, it's so simple. You could become an Amazon associate and start making money today. (laughs) Today. Like it's that simple, but people overlook it. And then once, once we sit with clients and I'm sure you do this as well and you start helping them get clarity, they're like, Wow, like I didn't realize I could get started like now. <laughs> of course. And I think, again, I go back to whether you're a leader or um, a mom at home that's wanting to be a better uh, parent to your child or be better with your partner um, or just be feel more connected. Um, once, you, once you find that grounding within yourself, then you're in charge, right? And then you're going to kind of think, where am I going to make that imprint, you know, in the next month, in the next quarter, in the next year? And when I when I look back, you know, you know, when I project into my goals, who, what, when, and why will I have impacted in my life? That's the first question. And then once you kind of get those things figured out, think, okay, well, how am I going to do that? And what small steps am I going to break down? What what actionable steps am I going to take? Um, you know, like you're crushing it. Sure, sure. Like the grind is the actual steps. You, you can have all these big goals, these lofty goals, and you have no clue how you're going to get there. Um, you have to break them down into, you know, of course, I'm sure most people have heard of smart goals, right? They're small, measurable, attainable, you know, and timelined. So you, you kind of, and then before you know it, you go, wow, that was not the right goal for me. I have to pivot into another way, but guess what? I did try it and now I've learned some things about myself. So, and you know what, worst case scenario, I have failed more than I have achieved. I have failed a hundred times based on what I've achieved. But again, you're like, okay, well, what's the worst gonna, gonna have to say? I'm gonna have to have that moment with myself that says you failed. And you know, okay, what are people gonna say? Well, they're not, they're not gonna remember about me next month <laughs> if I failed at something. Oh well, they'll start a new story. There's somebody else that'll come along today, and then you move on and a bit at a time, you know. And I think failure is the best uh, lessons that I've had, you know, to date in my life. So yeah, and what does not work, right? You know, like I don't even really call call it a failure. It's like you try. And then if that does if that doesn't work, you try something different. And if that doesn't work, you try something different. <laughs> and, and you just keep trying. You know, because so many pe- people hear that word failure and they use it to defeat them. Yeah. You know, where it's like, no, 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 no. It's like that just didn't work. Like if you're if you're on the basketball court and you're shooting and you miss, like you don't just stop shooting. <laughs> right? You shoot again. More. Yeah. Yeah. You keep shooting. Then after a while, they're gonna start going in. Then they're yeah. going to start going in a little more than, than you miss, but you're still going to miss. It's like, you're always going to miss. Like with, with my fitness clients, I have them, we're in week two, week two of a challenge. And it's not your traditional challenge. Or like most challenges, they're like weight and inches and body fat percent. We are tracking that stuff, but it's not the, it's not the main basis of the challenge. Is I, I'm teaching them discipline and adaptation. Okay. So like, so week one was no, no meat at all. And they're all like, no meat. They're like, why? I'm like, cause, cause you're so used to having meat. Yeah. I want, I want you to get through this whole week without consuming any meat. And then this week is just water. That's it. No alcohol, no soda, no, no, oh, well, they can have coffee. Cause you know, no coffee is people get all jittery without their coffee, you know, but, but that's it. Next week is going to be no processed sugar. You know, and then the fourth week is going to be no, no carbs. So like each week I'm going to give them something to sacrifice. And it's only for seven days. It's like, it's like make that sacrifice for seven days. Right. Yep. Because in my coaching program, like module seven, the whole, the whole module is grind, adapt, repeat. That's it. <laughs> grind, adapt, take everything you learned in the last six, you grind, something goes wrong, you adapt, <laughs> and then you repeat. Nice. And I mean, it's, it's, it's good to make yourself uncomfortable, right? Because when we're making, if, when we're making change, we're going to get uncomfortable, but that is, 
that's normal. That's normal, right? And it's about getting comfortable with what's uncomfortable, you know, and, and implementing change is not easy. It's it's hard for all of us. And I, I think it's it's good that you do seven days at a time, which is fantastic because it shows, shows that anybody's capable of anything for once you put your mind to it, right? Yes. And so in doing my check-in calls with them so far this week, everyone was like, it really wasn't that hard. Because in the beginning, they're all like, what the heck? No, me. You know, what's the purpose of this? And and then all of them were like, it really wasn't that bad. They found new new recipes. They found new combinations that, that they didn't think of. And that's the point of this. Right. You know, get you to try new things. Absolutely. You know? right, so we got, we got a few, few minutes left. So let's talk about your book. So, okay, so I have my current book, um, A Therapist Insider's Guide. Um, so I run a courses on that um, starting this Thursday. I have live coaching. It's a four-week uh, coaching uh, program where people can get the copy of the book. They can get four live teaching um, modules from myself where I apply some of the concepts from the, from the book and also um, – you know, group coaching. Um, so they, that starts this Thursday and I'm going to be doing it throughout the year. And my new book will be out in April. And like I said, I haven't even named it, but it's done. It's in the edit process and it's about leadership. But if anybody wants uh, information about uh, the present book, that you can just go to roxanderhodge.com and they can get all the information information about the book, the course, and also the podcast. Awesome. Put that up on the screen. I'm going to put that down in the comment section as well. Awesome. All right. So what's one last takeaway you want pe people to get from today? Well, I think this is, this is why I always say we're born perfect and life will happen. We're meant, we came here to learn lessons and give yourself the time, figure out what are some of the activities that you can do routinely in a day to keep you connected to yourself, whether if, it, if you start with 10 minutes and just try to give yourself that time and quiet your mind uh, and learn to listen, it's hard to slow the mind, but once you start to practice, that emotional muscle within you will grow. And in checking in often, then kind of realign and say, am I going in the direction that I, for right now, is good for me? And if you're not, then ask yourself deep down inside, what messages do I need to listen to so I can change my direction so it's more in line with what I value, belief, and I want in my life? Said, I'm glad you said that I change my direction. So many times people are looking to outside sources to change them. Like it, it's got to happen in here. Absolutely. All right, Roxanne, thank you very much. So remember, if you want to contact her, roxanderhodge.com. I have it down in the comments. It's up on the screen. So thank you very much for joining us. You're a great guest, as I knew you would be. Well, thanks so much for having me. And I love the tempo, and I love the fact that you started with my song. So it will be <laughs> Okay, take care. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Have a great day. Bye. See you soon. Okay, bye-bye. All right. So thank you, Roxanne, for joining us. So if you, if you just happen to tune in, so I had mentioned earlier about fig figuring out what it is you truly want because if you're someone who's a leader but you're stuck in a sea of workers and you want to get pulled out of that this is the episode for you go go back listen to it all the way through hear my words hear the words of Roxanne and start to take some action so you can get to where you want to be so I had to do it Roxanne had to do it 36 other guests that I've had on this show have had to do it it's possible. Even amidst the pandemic, there's a whole world of options out there for you. You don't have to keep doing something that you don't want to do. You don't have to stay in circumstances that don't fulfill you and that don't fill your passion. You don't have to do it. You can make a choice right now today that you're going to make a change. And so we're not saying it's going to be easy, hence the name, Shut Up and Grind. There's going to be plenty of things out there that you can complain about. There's going to be plenty of mountains that you're going to have to climb. There's going to be plenty of people that are going to try to drag you down and stuff you back in that box. But you got to be strong enough to not let it happen. And if you have to, hire a coach, hire a mentor, find people that are doing what you want to do. That's how you shut up and grind and reach your goals. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.
You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at robert underscore b underscore foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.